Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast coming at you on Hump Day, Wednesday. You're listening to us on Thursday. We're recording on Hump Day. Josh and Jell in the house have a jam-packed episode for you. Going to go over some off-season moves. Jell and I are going to give our top five best and worst off-seasons in the NFL so far to date. And then we're going to preview and recap a little golf action. Of course, before we do, question of the day today, Jell. I know we're recording on Wednesday, but on Thursday, May 11th, it is National Eat What You Want Day. So... I want to know if calories and weight gain didn't exist. It's usually not a factor, let's be <laughs> honest. I mean, I just consume and then, of course, gain, but let's... <laughs> For the sake of it, what are your top three foods if you had a day you would just go absolutely to town on if they didn't count? The first thing that came to mind when you brought that up was nachos. <laughs> okay. I mean, like... Yeah. I can't like, you know, if it weren't for the sodium intake (laughs) that ends me, that leaves me feeling like absolute shit every single time I could, I could have nachos like every meal. (laughs) It's, I mean, undefeated, whether it's steak nachos, your traditional beef nachos, no, no protein nachos. And it's just chips loaded with queso salsa sour cream guac whatever you want on there ahi tuna nachos ooh, i don't know i haven't had those like ooh gotta get on that like i it been Not a, too popular I in wisconsin <laughs> that's probably i guess yeah more more of a dish down south or i assume if you go to any of the coasts where you got you know we've got in Texas, the Gulf of Mexico right here. Obviously, either the coast, you've got the ocean. Yeah, you're a little limited there. In, uh, don't see many tuna. Yeah, can't go to the local dive bar and get tuna taco or tuna nachos. And if you, they do have it on the menu, I would recommend not getting them. Probably a pass. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, I I mean, ahi tuna nachos, great. They very, very strong. Um yeah, I first thing I thought of was was an ahi to or any sort of nacho. I I I kind of like a steak, you know, traditional like steak nacho. That'd probably be my normal go-to, but god, that if that's an app, you are sitting pretty. <laughs> After that, uh <laughs> I mean god, I'm just trying to think of anything I could have in any meal and I just don't really give a shit about how I'm going to feel afterwards. Yep. I mean, like fried chicken tacos are amazing. Pizza, obvious. Like, I mean, I, you could go unlimited wings and go, go to town on some of that <laughs> action. I got wings on my mind. Cause we're going to, we'll get into that as we get going a little deeper into the episode uh, with our, or into uh, tomorrow's episode, I suppose. Uh, with with some of the uh, spicy foods that we're going to be referencing, but um, what about some nice spoiler alerts? <laughs> <laughs> Those were bomb. They were so good. <laughs> Those uh, shrimp stuffed, or was it crab? I think it was crab, crab stuffed jalapeno poppers, oh. deep fried. 
I don't know if it was worth it, no. but <laughs> although the although the last time that I went uh, turned out a lot better, well, so we must have just gotten a bad batch. <laughs> but anyways, not to get too into the details, the the literal down and dirty of it. Um, Literally. <laughs> and then, I mean, there's any number of items for like my lunch and lunch slash dinner, and then dessert. If I'm I'm going for either a cherry cheesecake or probably the richest thing you can find on any dessert menu, a molten lava cake with ice cream on top. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My top three honorable mention to just going to town on some cheese curds. Give me some good okay. cheese curds, some a nice yep. side of homemade ranch, and yeah. yeah. I'll sit See, there you all always got to go home like the the restaurant made ranch is always way better than anything you're going to find in a yep. bottle. 100%. And it sucks because if you make it yourself at home and make it like restaurant style, all the recipes basically require you to like put in like one egg and that's going to be enough for like a whole fucking jar and then they say <laughs> consume within 3 days. What am I am I <laughs> drinking this? Like what am I, so that's why I've never made homemade right. ranch. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> My number three going to go in the candy realm, and that is Sour Patch Kids. I can go to town on some Sour Patch Kids now, but my stomach will pay for it. So if it's <laughs> if I can eat whatever I want, not have the repercussions, Sour Patch Kids, four days. Sour Skittles, fan, not a fan. Yeah, I'll eat them. I Just Sour Patch Kids, though. Sour just, Patch yeah. takes the cake. Absolutely. Yeah, though, easy. Number two, you had mentioned it in yours, pizza. I just get any pizza. I just go to town. <laughs> I can't Classic. can't argue with that one bit. <laughs> and number one, ice cream. Oh boy! <laughs> so I took it to an, to another level. Yeah, you went with like that. meals. I went. Uh, yeah. Yep. I just went just general foods. But no, I appreciate you uh, letting us know your uh, intake for your meal. It's it's. It, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite pizza? Like, I personally, I just like, just like a, just Supreme. Like, yeah. loaded ass Supreme. That's my general go-to. Yeah, I, for meat toppings, I, I like pepperoni the best, but... I agree. Supreme is where it's at. Throw as much veggies on there as you want because it gives it so much more flavor. It's amazing. Give me some onions, green pepper, mushroom, black olives, you name it. I am I'm a fan. We do sometimes homemade flatbreads and we throw some artichoke on there and oh, nice. So good. Do you ever do the uh the sun-dried red tomatoes? Yeah. On a pizza. Too. That that pair that with the artichokes and some spinach yeah try that, that and maybe amazing. even and dice up some chicken S- chicken spinach artichoke sun-dried tomatoes i and just basic and just an olive oil for your base rather than yep. a sauce that's so the good. move man that is the money flatbread yep. oh that sounds amazing i'm gonna take a short break go make one <laughs> all right adios on youtube live <laughs> good episode <laughs> solid <laughs> all right good pod and we'll see you guys friday yes <laughs> we can be found at dead arm sports twitter instagram check us out on facebook at dead arm sports go to youtube dead arm sports into that search bar subscribe click the bell there that way you know when our live episodes Ding. drop typically on tuesday or wednesday but if you subscribe you will know exactly when we go live we monitor that chat you can ask us any questions in there 
Otherwise, hit us up on our socials at Dead Arm Sports. Gel can be found at Das Gel, that's at D A S J E L. I can be found at Das JPEC, that's at D A S J P E C. Give us a follow on all of those. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of your written review, and we will swag you up with some Dead Arm Sports goodies. Don't usually do this, Jell, and it has been a while since we have done this, but uh, my wife this last weekend was on a bachelorette trip for one of her friends in Lake Tahoe, and I was getting snaps all weekend of them from different breweries, and she's like, oh, what would you get on the menu? And she's like sending me the menus of like 30 beers that are listed on there, and I'm sitting watching our two-month-old, and I'm just like, hmm... Well, I'd take a number one, six, eight, whatever. <laughs> and so little did I know. Number one, number two, <laughs> number three. Yes. Little did I know she was actually collecting cans to bring back home to me. So I got a bunch of beer from Lake Tahoe and I want Damn. to give a shout out to The Hanger, which is a beer place that is out there. And she had pretty much told the guy what I wanted. They didn't have like their beers on tap in cans at all. They kind of collect from all up and down the West Coast. So the guy behind the counter is like, oh, this one, this one, this one. So he like handed her a bunch of different ones. And one of the ones that he gave her to bring home to me is Burning Barrel. It's called Nectar of Dreams. It's a double hazy IPA. Oh, so good. So that, that is uh, sounds that's what amazing. I'm drinking I've, on camera right now. It's a very, very nice uh, color. Kind of looks like it reminds is, me uh, of my college days when I'd go to the bar and order a lunchbox. Not sure if you've had one of those. Uh, yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, that might be a Wisconsin special. I think but, so. Uh, but, yeah, for those of you not out there, it's pick name your beer that you want in there, throw in a splash of orange juice from Amaretto, and that is your lunchbox. So we it's, did, uh, it's effectively a manmosa. Yes. Yep. Similar to that kind of a deal. Yes, but um, I mean, this, yeah. So I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, not sure of his name, but if you are listening, thank you, sir. Uh, you made my uh, made my day, and this beer is fantastic. So. And shout out to your wife for yes, absolutely. Being, a, <laughs> being amazing and bringing that yes. back. That is, that is a, yeah, she's like, I got something. That's good wife suit, material, man. I was like, what? And she's like, oh, and pulls out like random six pack of beers, like, awesome hell yeah the best. <laughs> that's phenomenal that's that's awesome yes so haven't given a shout out to the beers we're drinking in a while but wanted to uh definitely shout that out and shout out that gentleman so it kind of looked like the colonoscopy liquid that my dad <laughs> has had to drink uh beforehand definitely so. not <laughs> <laughs> tastes better i'm sure and has a different effect i hope yeah otherwise uh you'll be a one-man episode here joe <laughs> with that we are into our off season <laughs> rankings so what we're gonna it's two references to <laughs> yeah. in early in the episode yeah. to the 11 and a half Oof. minutes all right let's solid. uh let's wrap that'll be our last one hopefully yes. today <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do for this segment here the nfl off season is essentially starting to slow down for the most part we've had the bulk of free agency the draft, you name it, trades, and all of that. So we kind of wanted to go through and just kind of recap what we think are the top five moves and the bottom five moves that were made this offseason, kind of discuss it in detail, see if we agree with the other, and just kind of go from there. So 
Let me start off on a positive note, Jill, since you've had some other jokes here that uh, <laughs> rolling Not with. so positive. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, why don't we kick it off with our top five and not going to essentially put them in any sort of order, just initially just our top five moves. So no particular order. What is one of your top five moves that was made this offseason? Well, I'm ranking – I'm doing top – I'm going top five teams here. Okay. Um, My – and again, not in any, but well, here, let me, let me, I almost wish I would have waited till the end, but now we're getting, now we're started with this. So let me start with an OLI. <laughs> and this is a team that I don't, I'm not putting in any category, but just more of an off season question. The Cardinals, are they just tanking at this point? I mean, they held on to DeAndre Hopkins. He'd been looked at as a trade candidate since last season in season do you I, I guess what are your thoughts on them so far not making a move do you think they even tried to shop him there were obviously tons of rumors that he wanted out and then he never got traded on like during draft day and then came out uh after the fact and said you know created a video saying that he didn't he never wanted to be traded don't know why he wouldn't want to be traded. Does he want to sit, you know, there with a backup quarterback for at least the first eight months of the season or the next eight, eight months. months or whatever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first eight months of the season. Wow. Um, I mean, do you have any thought, just general thoughts on that really quick? And then I'll jump into my, my number one top five team. Yeah. The only thing I can really think of with the Cardinals, I don't know if they're necessarily tanking because I don't know who's going to really want to take on that Kyler Murray contract. $19 million. Oh, I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Sorry. But, I mean, just in general with the Cardinals, like their offseason and everything with that. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense with DeAndre. I mean, that seems like somebody that you would trade away. And maybe they do. Maybe they just didn't get the piece that they wanted to right now. But going with your kind of question on what the Cardinals are doing this offseason, I – I'm not really sure. And the only thing I could think of is that they're just kind of at this point, like, you know what, our season right now, we're not sure when exactly we're going to have Kyler back. We're probably not going to be making the playoffs this year. Why are we going to be spending a bunch of money, have that on the books? Let's just kind of get some low-key moves in and just kind of do whatever this season. We have Houston's pick now for next year, which is probably going to be a top 10 pick and we're not going to be good, have another top 10 pick there, and just kind of see what happens. I mean, it'll be very interesting if they do have that number one overall pick with Caleb Williams coming out next year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think that they would rather have Caleb Williams, but you, you just you I send, don't know what you, you send do Kyler away for a third, and that's it. And you, I, you'd I have think... to eat his salary, though, too. I don't know a team that's Depending on who you send yeah. him to, I, there, there, were, there were talks about the Falcons uh, – inquiring on Kyler this offseason. Now, maybe they were asking the cards, hey, what would you send him away for? We'll give you a fourth. And the cards say, you know, balk the hell out of that because, okay, what if you do trade Kyler for a fourth, even coming off that ACL? He, I'm, I'm fine with them. Like, I, I what I think that's kind of sneaky about this and, and them hanging on to Kyler, even if they do... St- Let's say they start this season one and nine and Kyler comes back week 10 and Kyler plays pretty well. You might, that's the only way to salvage his value is if he comes back for the final five, six games and plays well and shows that, Hey, I came off this ACL with no issue. I'm a legitimate player. And maybe you could, maybe you could get a first for him, but 
So I guess I get I get them not shopping, you know, shopping him out for a super low um super low value, which I assume the Cardinals were probably lowballing him. Yeah. Or lowballing the Cardinals. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. It'll be like you said, it'll be extremely interesting if they do end up with the number one pick next year because I think if you could just turn to Caleb Williams on his rookie deal, you absolutely do that. But it'll be interesting easy. to see if they can get off Kyler. I think that I think that'd be an easy choice. And if you have to send him away for a third and Kyler in a sixth for a third or a, a second or a third, I think. I mean, and then you got Caleb sitting right there yeah. on a rookie deal. That's huge. And somehow I don't know how you what the money would look like in that contract, but or you know maybe you maybe you soak up half of the money that's left for Kyler. Something like that, and and get some additional draft capital. But let's turn over back over to the positive side of the uh, NFL. And one of my favorite off seasons was the Carolina Panthers. Kind of feels like low hanging fruit here because they had the number one overall pick. Uh, but I like some of their other moves that they made. Obviously, Bryce Young, number one overall. I thought he was the clear cut number one. Uh, pick here given that every quarterback that's in this draft has question marks what do we know about I mean can is CJ Stroud Dwayne Haskins or what's like what is his ceiling we have no idea Anthony Richardson raw as hell Will Levis obviously he, he ends up falling to the second round Bryce Young is the most sure thing in this draft I thought that was the easy number one pick, so I love that. The other, the other pieces that I that they added, Von Bell, safety, really has had a really good career with the Bengals so far. They needed to shore up some of that secondary, so I loved that. Andy Dalton to back up Bryce in case you know shit hits the fan. He's a you know, and and just have have a veteran presence in that QB room. That's generally a smart move. Uh, Getting Bryce Young a couple of additional weapons. Adam Thielen, yes, he's on the back nine right now, but he's still been a produ- you know, he's still been productive. And then adding Jay Chark as well. I like those moves. Also adding Hayden Hurst. Yeah, he hasn't been extremely productive, but in the past, or at least recently, but in the past, been a nice performing tight end. And then Miles Sanders as well in that running back room. And also grabbing wide receiver Jonathan Mingo out of, I believe, Ole Miss, correct? Ole Miss. In uh yeah. believe in the second or third. And then and then grabbing edge rusher DJ Johnson as well. So they helped shore up pretty much every need that they had. And I really like what the Panthers have done. I think that they, you know, given that division, if Bryce can play, which I think he's gonna be their starter day one. I'm not going to be shocked if they go from that number one overall pick to competing for a division title. Yeah. No, it's they had an interesting offseason, to say the least, with that, and it all culminates around what is the career of Bryce Young at this point because Adam Thielen's not going to last the contract of Bryce Young. DJ Chark's probably not going to last the contract of Bryce Young. So what exactly do they have in him? And, they I mean – that was one of my ones, I guess, questions for the offseason too with the Carolina Panthers is did they gave up too much to move up for Bryce Young because we didn't have that surefire quarterback in this class. And, yes, he is the most surefire of all of these quarterbacks, but 
again, they gave up quite a bit to get him and traded away a solid receiver in DJ Moore too. So, but what are your other options there if you're Carolina? I mean, you yeah. can't roll into the season again with question marks at quarterback for correct. The and I last give them five years. I mean, basically since Cam, Cam left, left, I don't know. You know, yeah. like and I give them you, credit you for doing to that because for there's the going to be yeah because there's going to be some other teams. Then we get to the bottom area. I'm going to give them crap for not addressing the quarterback position and doing all that. So no, I I agree completely with that. And one of my top. Five. I just kind of went like actual moves, so it's kind of cool. We'll have moves, and then you'll have the team, so we'll kind of have a bunch of different things covered. But one of my top five is the reverse side of this. I love the Bears trade back to number nine for that number one pick. Ended up collecting the second-round pick this year, first-round pick next year, 2025 second, and the huge piece in DJ Moore finally getting that number one receiver, which we haven't really fully seen him unlock his potential, but again, you just mentioned all of the quarterbacks that he's had throwing him the ball or lack thereof in lack Carolina thereof, the past yes. PJ season, Walker, which again, Justin Fields is following him to Chicago, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields is still a question mark, still young, but I mean, that gives him a huge target to throw the ball to. So I absolutely loved that move by the bears this off season. Definitely think that was one of the top five. Yeah, and I guess I'm going to back that up right away with them being <laughs> one of my top five teams uh, that had just entire off seasons of being awesome. Obviously, you know, as mentioned, the DJ Moore trade that turned into also by moving back, getting DJ Moore and also still being able to get one of the offensive tackles that they were obviously uh, that they were obviously targeting in. Darnell Wright. Uh, Darnell Wright. I wrote down Darnell Draft. That's obviously wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it, Swish. (laughs) Darnell Wright. Um, Fourth round pick, Roshan Johnson, one of my sleeper running backs that, you know, a guy that I said, hey, keep an eye on. Grabbing him in the fourth, I think that's a great pick to add some depth and potentially, you know, you'd have that one-two combo in the backfield with him and Khalil Herbert. Noah Sewell, fifth round. I know I mentioned him previously as well, saying that this guy came, you know, when he got into, when he came into Oregon, he was looked at as one of the higher end prospects in the nation. And to be able to grab a tackling machine that you, at least you hope that he's a tackling machine as late as they did in the fifth round. Awesome. Also adding Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, a couple more tackling machines. Obviously the bears love their linebackers. So (laughs) those two guys are going to fit in great. Travis Homer, Yes, not I mean, not anything special, but running back depth, you can never have enough of it. And when he came in for Seattle, when they had their injury issues, he had some productive games. So I like that. Obviously, P.J. Walker, as mentioned. Don't uh, forget Dante Foreman, too. I'm not done. P.J. Walker (laughs) coming over. Robert Tunyon stealing him from the Packers, although I think the Packers were kind of done with him. He had a pretty rough last year, but good pickup. Second tight end to... uh, you know, compliment Cole Komet. And then, yes, as mentioned, Deonta Foreman. So that running back room is pretty loud. But, you know, as I know that you fell a little bit more in love with Darnell Wright after the pick, can you go a little bit more into that? Um, You know, a little bit discuss Darnell Wright, his strengths and everything a little bit more? Yeah, Honestly, I we don't know with Paris Johnson and everything too if that was the Bears' top 
lineman off the board because he went earlier to Arizona. So at this point in time, they had to pick pretty much between Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones, and Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. And Was Skaronsky still out? Yeah, oh, right. he yeah, went he 11 went to Tennessee. Yep. Right. So, And they did a ton of research, obviously, with him being right in their backyard up in Evanston, Illinois, at Northwestern. They were there quite a bit in, in contact with him. So that was somebody that a lot of experts thought they were going to end up going with. But they ended up going with a guy from Tennessee, Darnell Wright, who is a little bit more raw. He could be one of he could be the best lineman in this draft, but he could also be a little bit of a bust. Tennessee is an offense that for college rankings is kind of gimmicky. We've seen a lot of their offensive players come out and especially receivers, quarterbacks, and they don't necessarily pan out a ton in the NFL. Pretty much so. outside of Alvin Kamara. Correct, yeah. Like it's been iffy. Yeah. Um but this is a guy that didn't give up sacks, didn't give up quarterback pressures, solid in the run game, and that's going up against SEC defenders. So that's your premier conference in college football. And Will Anderson said that that was the best lineman that he faced his entire college career. So I'm fine with that. If he's the one protecting Justin Fields, it sounds like uh, Jenkins is going to still be the left tackle. They're going to keep uh, Darnell Wright on the right tackle, his position that he played in college. So they're not going to force him over on the left side or anything like that. So position he's comfortable in he can come in play day one and protect the quarterback I mean at this point that's awesome I'm glad usually the Bears make some really obscure pick and sometimes that works out in a Kyle Long that everyone didn't see him as a first round talent and was solid for his time in Chicago and we'll see if this one ends up working out but I was I was thrilled with that pick Almost unconventionally, I think that the right tackle position might be more important for Justin Fields than the left tackle spot, given that so far in his career, when his vision has been clouded a little bit, he hasn't been able to see the windows and everything. And and the right side, that's the side that's going to be in front of him. So if, if Darnell Wright can hold off some of those pass rushers from that side. You know, the left tackle is obviously extremely necessary for guys that are more pocket passers because they're not able to evade the the sack coming from their blind side. But Fields is amongst the top three most mobile quarterbacks in the, in the league. So if you can clear up his field space and his his field vision and so that he can see every open throw downfield i think that might be even more important than protecting his blind side because he can feel that blind he might be able to feel that blind side edge rusher coming and be able to you know do the classic russell wilson spin move out of it and and then just roll to his left so yeah i think that's i think that securing that right tackle position is is extremely key i love that move well, let's stick with that O-line, and I think one of my favorite signings this offseason was Orlando Brown Jr. going to Cincinnati. It was a four-year, $64 million deal, $31 million guaranteed, which I think is fine. He's one of the better left tackles in the league coming over from the Chiefs. Obviously, he's been protecting Patrick Mahomes since he came over from the Ravens via trade a couple seasons back, and 
Cincinnati, we've harped on that pretty much since our podcast started, that they needed to give Joe Burrow protection. And what better way to do that with one of the best left tackles out there and by far the best O-line free agent this offseason. So they get their huge piece there to protect Joe Burrow and he'll help them obviously immensely in that passing game and keep Joe Burrow on his feet. Yeah, and going, I mean, I think that's an obviously a great move beyond that. They didn't. They haven't really made any moves uh, in terms of extensions of of Joe Burrow. I think that they're still sitting there, probably mulling. Okay, if Burrow's gonna take a two a two hundred fifty dollar over five years, what can we afford to do? We're gonna obviously extend Jamar Chase. What do we do with T. Higgins? What do we do with uh, Joe Mixon? So I, but so I mean, they haven't made many moves outside of that Orlando Brown signing, but that was an absolute money signing again, big money contracts. So you got to wonder the fate of some of these other high end there, there are other offensive players that are all due for extensions, but they did have the money to make that Orlando Brown contract because they lost both of their safeties as previously mentioned, Von Bell, and then their other starting safety, both gone. So um, yeah, I, I think they allocated their, their resources properly. There's Joe Burrow's already had one torn ACL and he is your franchise. So you have to do whatever you can to protect him. And I think they made the right move paying that major money for Orlando Brown. Another top five team for me that I thought had a great off season. And this is God, I feel like I'm almost kind of cheating here. I'm going with I've already got the number one overall pick, and now I'm going to go to the number two overall pick, <laughs> the Houston Texans. I thought yeah. I really liked their offseason. Um, you know, they obviously that number two and number three overall pick getting what I think like pre draft, you know, all, before all the stupid draft rumors of, oh, well, will Will Levis end up going number one? All that bullshit, like pre draft lying season. CJ Stroud was looked at as the number one or number two quarterback in this draft. And they take him at number two, Will Anderson again, before lying season when everyone's saying, Hey, Will Anderson could fall. We don't know about his upside. He ends up going number three. Like they got their franchise quarterback or what they hope will be their franchise quarterback. They got an edge rusher. And while he may not be a Nick Bosa type, he's going to, he's still going to be good for nine. I'd think nine sacks a year, a f- number of TFLs and just also setting the culture there in Houston, which I think is a huge deal for that Texans team. Dem- he and <laughs> him and D'Amico Ryan's, I think they're going to be, nice you know, yeah, like that's, that's exactly the kind of player that D'Amico Ryan's wants. So I thought getting those two guys at first and at number two, number three, overall great. I don't know what this like i mean what they had to give up to move back up to 3 a little steep but again if you look at that trade like you're moving up to 3 to take CJ Stroud and get your franchise quarterback it's not an outrageous amount of capital that they gave up so i'm cool with that uh other and then they made a bunch of you know kind of b b minus level moves in this offseason signing Robert Woods Jimmy Ward, DB, Chase Winovich, edge rusher, Noah Brown, wide receiver, Shaq Mason traded from the Bucks for us uh, to add a guard on that offensive line. 
They signed Laramie Tunsil to a big extension, signing Devin Singletary. So a lot of like B-level, you know, B-grade moves there, but overall like solid. And if you look at the rest of that, if you look at that division outside of the Jags, which sounds so weird to say, like <laughs> the Jags are the big threat. But really, if you look right. at that division outside of the Jags, it's it's pretty putrid. I mean, you've got rookie, you've got a rookie quarterback there in Anthony Richardson, or it's going to be Gardner Minshew, and then you've got a combination of Tannehill and Will Levis in Tennessee. Mailman. The- <laughs> so, <laughs> so. uh I don't know. I mean, the Texans, yeah, they're, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be anything feisty this year to, uh, you know, compete for a conference championship game or anything like that. But you add enough, you add all these B-level players that are on these one-year prove-it deals, that's the kind of stuff that you need or that often motivate these players. And then, and then getting what you think is going to be franchise quarterback and, I guess Will Anderson basically kind of like a franchise defensive changer and a culture changer on the defensive side of the ball, plus the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. I thought he was the top candidate that was available. He'd played in Houston, so he knows the ownership. He knows all the facilities. He knows all the key players, all the key pieces in that franchise. So cannot forget about the addition of D'Amico Ryans and especially after having that turnstile that they've had over at that head coach position with the previous three years, three separate head coaches. I think D'Amico Ryans is there to stay. I love that Texans offseason. Yeah, I really like a lot of the moves that they made. The only question I have is I'm just wondering how much C.J. Stroud is going to be able to develop with that receiving core that he has. You look at what he had at Ohio State with Marvin Harrison, who's going to be a top-five pick in the draft next year, Jackson Smith the Jigba. I mean, granted, he didn't have him most of this last year. but And then you look at what he has right now, and yeah, they drafted Tank Dell, speedy guy out of Houston. Not the Texans, but the Houston drafted Cougars. Drafted the Texans. The Cougs. But... Robert Woods, who we haven't seen anything from him since his days in L.A. Nico Collins, which, yeah, there's a little bit of hype from him out of college, UNC. but not a ton. John Mechie should hopefully be back this oh, year. So maybe that call. is a I forgot little bit, about Mechie. Yeah, so maybe that's a little bit of a But he's also bump, coming off but, that major injury. Yeah. That that I would agree. So that's I, the, well, that, or is it cancer? Didn't he have cancer? Maybe may, I, I I think that's what he was out may, for last okay. year, but major medical just, issue then again. And again, I mean, it's, it's a rookie quarterback. So even if he had uh, the top receiver in the NFL, if he had a uh, Justin Jefferson there, it's still, he's still going to be limited needs to learn the offense and everything, but it's just hard. It just adds something extra when you don't have that necessarily go to receiver to throw the ball to as well. Well, I think we'll be able to see probably pretty quickly is was CJ Stroud a pro a pro uh, a what is it a final product of or due to the coaching staff the scheme the weapons versus was it actually Stroud that was awesome and and was hitting everybody in stride because he's that awesome so I think yeah. we'll probably be able to see pretty quick on that. Yeah, I mean we're still waiting for an Ohio State quarterback to prove it in the NFL. I mean again. Justin Fields is probably as close as we've had. Yeah. Which, again. Insane. Yeah. 
I mean, because they have a quarterback every year that's in the Heisman voting, pretty much. But. Does Quinn Ewers count? If he uh, <laughs> does, he count. He was there for a year as well, a redshirt. Then shirt. Joe Burrow would count. <laughs> yeah, good point. I don't think Burrow counts either. As much he lost as that. He lost it. that job to uh, Dwayne Haskins. Now, in in Ryan Day's defense, Dwayne Haskins, or maybe that was still Urban. Dwayne Haskins was yeah, an awesome remember. college quarterback. Yeah. I have a question for you, Joe. You went to an NFL game in the Pacific Northwest, and what was that crowd chanting during the game? Gino, Gino, Gino. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my top five moves of this offseason is that he resigns with Seattle. Three years, $75 million, but they can essentially get out of it after the first year. Thought it was an absolutely phenomenal contract. He showed that he was able to lead that offense last year and what Pete Carroll wanted him to do. They – Almost made the playoffs and or, no, they did. They made the playoffs. Yeah, right? they they yeah, were a they wild did. card. They team. snuck in. Yep. Okay. <laughs> to remember is crazy that last day between them and then Detroit Green Bay. But uh no, so it takes them to the playoffs, has a solid receiving core there, and like I said, Seattle can get out of his contract pretty much at any time after this year. So I love the front loaded contract of it. Thought it was an absolutely great signing for both him and the Seahawks. Only question is I was kind of surprised that they didn't try and draft anyone this year. But, again, as far as moves go, I think this was a solid move for Seattle. I guess, to, but who would you think that they should go after? I know in previous episodes, I thought, shit, dude, Max, Dove, Max Duggan sliding to the seventh. You couldn't have taken a flyer on him somewhere before. I would have loved that in Seattle, but... After Anthony Richardson was gone to the Colts, who else is out there out like that you would have liked to see I mean, I still would have liked there. to see them take somebody. I mean, throw Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Jaron Hall. I mean, Jaron Hall would have been sweet just, there, too. Yeah, somebody, especially, it's Geno's job. You're paying him all that money. You're not putting the rookie in. But you could have somebody at least sit there and just see what you have. Because if Geno does the same thing that he did this year, I mean – Unless you're expecting him and confident with him rolling out for the three years, and then once that gets done, then maybe you have a down year where you just kind of sign sign a journeyman for your quarterback and hopefully get a top pick in the draft. Which that's what Geno was supposed to be, as a journeyman and (laughs) hoping you get a top pick. Yeah, but I I don't know because I don't foresee Seattle having – a top pick to get one of the top quarterbacks next year. I mean, maybe they no, roll no the way. dice and grab somebody a little bit later on in the draft and do what I thought they should have done this year. But I think at that point in time, when you don't have that 10 year quarterback, you should draft somebody every year. Just it's almost just I in case was going to say the exact same thing. It's, it's worth drafting somebody every year, just in case. And I mean, we saw the Patriots do this multiple times. They drafted even when Tom Brady was Still dominant. They still drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. They still drafted Jacoby Brissett. And both those guys played for the Patriots. So I think they're it's worth both still in the league. And they're both still <laughs> in the league. And one of them is gonna is pegged as a starter. I mean, I think it's I think I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's worth doing. Even if it is a late round pick, maybe you end up running into a Brock Purdy. And to think Seattle didn't see Jac- or uh See uh, Brock Purdy do that in their own division where the Niners were like, hey, let's just grab some guy for some depth. And 
Turns out he was he's the best quarterback on that roster, like at least was last year. So I agree that was that was a pretty big head scratcher. But in general, ding ding ding, I have them in my top uh, my top five for nice. overall teams. Um, <laughs> as you mentioned, Gino on that high money for one year, but after this year, that is a cuttable contract. So overall, it's yeah, you're soaking up a lot of the cap this year, but who are you paying big money to right now? DK and Jamal Adams, and then it's Geno. So you can afford to have a real high dollar cap hit this year for something that's team-friendly beyond this season. So it is ultimately cuttable. It's team-friendly. I'd say it's Geno friendly as well because he's guaranteed he's getting like 70 million guaranteed. So he's going to about double his career earnings at least if I would think probably <laughs> more than double his Crazy. career earnings over these next two years. So it's cuttable. It's team friendly. It's Geno friendly. Absolutely love the move. And and I mean, what are you going to do? You, you knew Geno was coming back. So I thought that that was just an Gino, absolute money Gino. trade. <laughs> yes. Uh, other, you know, one of their two other other signings, Jaron Reed, a, a nose tackle coming over from Green Bay. He was productive in Green Bay. He made a lot of tackles, good run stuffer, uh, not a huge, you know, nose tackle. You're not asking for him to be a pass rusher, but, you know, he'll be a nice nose tackle next to uh, Shelby Miller. And then also the reunion of Bobby Wagner coming back to Seattle after his one year stint in L.A., I think he's like, look, Seattle's my home. Pete Carroll's my dog. I'm ready to come back. And uh, Seattle obviously had a way better year than the Rams. <laughs> saw so. that the the grass wasn't greener on the other side. <laughs> not always greener. It's not always greener. Uh, and then obviously their top two picks, Devin Witherspoon, corner out of Illinois at five. Perfect Pete Carroll guy. Fits just attitude-wise, culture-wise, fits exactly what he wants. And then... To be able to get the top wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20, where I don't think anybody thought that there was a shot that he was going to fall that far. No. I mean, I we were thinking he was going to go hover around that 11 to 14-ish spot. Sure. And to be able to grab him at 20, that's, that's freaking sweet. So you add him to DK, Tyler Lockett. Eventually, Lockett's, you know, you're going to have to move off of Lockett at some point, but... Uh, just cause he's kind of, he's been in the league for a while, taking a lot of beatings, especially not only as a receiver, but also as a kick returner, we haven't seen. And last year, Lockett wasn't the same as he'd been in the previous two to three years. So you'd imagine Smith and Jigba comes in at, as the slot receiver this year, or as the outside, if they're doing a three wide receiver set, and then, and you could have all three of those weapons on the field at the same time for Gino who needs his weapons. I, I just. I can't believe how hard they killed it in the first round and then and with that Geno contract. So that's why they're in my top five teams. Yeah. No, I, I love their offseason. Literally, the only thing I didn't like was, like I said, the not drafting the quarterback at all and then Zach Charbonnet at round two. I thought that they could have even went Hendon Hooker there. Hendon Hooker would have been solid in Seattle too, but I don't know. I just didn't really understand the Zach Charbonnet pick, which again – Seattle, that's their basis is the run game, and Kenneth Walker did get hurt for a couple games last year, so they might complement each other well, but I just think they could have done something a little bit different in that second round. I'm going to throw it over to also 
a team from the NFC West that ended up trading away a player, and that was Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. So I really like that move that Miami made. Jalen Ramsey, one of the top corners in the league. Miami is in win-now mode, and you trade Jalen Ramsey, and or you get Jalen Ramsey, and all you traded away was a third and tight end Hunter Long. Like, yeah, you got to pay Ramsey, which is fine, but they're – a team right now that is set up to win. And I really like them going out there and getting Jalen Ramsey to compete in that AFC East. So I really like what the Dolphins did there. I don't think that the price tag was that steep for him. So I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that and then getting one of the top corners in the league. Yeah, I didn't, I'll get more into this as we get into the bottom five regarding the Uh-oh. Rams. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this was a Miami. This is a Miami win great. for sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean grabbing Jalen Ramsey for a third rounder. They're obviously in win now mode, and they have to be given that there is no guaranteed longevity with Tua. So and unfortunately, I mean Tyreek Hill. He's already said that once his contract is up in 2025, he's going to retire. I don't know if I buy that because if somebody comes to him and says, hey, we'll give you three <laughs> years, 90 million, uh, like, ah, that's a little hard to turn down. But uh, he said that, you know, that's, but at that point, he'll be on another team possibly. So they're in win now mode. Xavier Howard on the other side, you've got those two dominant corners. Absolutely love that. Plus they, and there's also been rumors about them possibly going after Delvin Cook to solidify that running back room. Feels kind of late for that to happen, given that we're past the draft. But you never know what happens here. They've got it. They've got. They spent a lot of short-term money on the offensive line. I think I, I to only give up a third for Jalen Ramsey, who yeah, he had a bit rough of a year last year in L.A. But when you get a motivated Jalen Ramsey, that's when you get the best Jalen Ramsey. So, which is which is the case with a lot of corners. I mean. Who wants to be a shutdown corner on an absolute dog shit team? It's it's hard to fire yourself up to yeah. to go 100, especially when you're facing the number ones on the other team, and you know put your body on the line to know that yeah we're gonna end up going four and fifty or four and thirteen anyways. So I thought that was a great I thought that's a great move. You're gonna get a motivated motivated Jalen Ramsey who might also be playing for his next extension or his next contract as well. So great move by the Dolphins. All right, my final top five team, I'm going to go with Philly. I I thought they had a really nice offseason. Yeah. yeah, which you weren't, which, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect out of Philly, given that they had so many guys that looked like they were going to lose, that were due up for free agency. And I mean, they ended up they ended up not losing a ton of guys. James Bradbury was a free was due to be a free agent. He got an extension. Uh, Boston Scott, as mentioned for like the fourth time over the past few weeks, <laughs> we said one year, two and a half million. I think was our prediction. One year, two million. Perfect. Thank you, Boston Scott. Come on back. Close. Rashad Penny, one year, one point three five million. When he's on the field, he's productive. The, so they obviously lose Miles Sanders there, but they get two. They get two other. Well, they get they add Rashad Penny. They bring Boston Scott back. 
Kenny Gainwell's still there, so that's a nice like three-headed trio. We'll see about how uh we'll see how the uh Oh, and they added DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot how I spaced on yeah. that, but the addition of DeAndre <laughs> Swift. So that backfield is sweet. Uh Jason Kelsey came back after there were rumors about him retiring. They also were able to hang on to Brandon Graham. Darius Slay was thought of, you know, as a guy that they have to let go because of cut or because of cap reasons. I don't know how they afforded this, but they gave him a four, a two-year, $42 million deal. So $21 million, that's about the going rate now for top corners. And for him to stick around, you got to love that. And then obviously going hard with Georgia players in the draft with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they killed it this offseason, which – they have been the last couple of years with the draft free agent moves. And obviously that's shown they were a wild card team the prior year and ended up in the Super Bowl this year. So it, yeah, they, they know what they're doing in that front office. They can find pieces that fit their scheme. We'll see what happens again. We mentioned this, I think last week or the week before with them losing both their coordinators. So have to replace those, but I don't know. I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon in that division. I mean, you got the Giants, Washington still trying to figure it out right now. Cowboys, if they can get their shit together for a full season. We've been waiting for that since their 1998 NFC Championship run. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My last top move, as much as I hate to say it, I really like what the Packers got in return for Aaron Rodgers. Swap first, got sent a fifth-round pick, got – Second round pick this year, sixth round pick this year, and then more than likely a first round pick from the Jets. So I, I thought that was more than probably what they were going to get, especially with them not really having a ton of leverage in the situation. So I thought that was a pretty solid move. Yeah, and just to follow up really quick, I had them kind of on like an outside looking in. The Jets actually as an outside looking in because yeah, off season. you weren't going to go back. Like it was Aaron Rodgers or bust. They figured out a way to get it done with all of his friends and I thought that was just, you know, they just had to make that move. So I just wrote down jets outside looking in Aaron Rodgers and friends <laughs> on to our bottom five. Uh, whoa, we are. Yeah. Let's let's uh, in this a bit. So we'll, I don't have to a ton of them for this one. Carolina was one of my bottom fives with that Bryce Young trade. I just, again, we talked about it a little bit. Just it was a very steep price tag, I think, that they gave up to get him, which, again, they're putting all their eggs in one basket with Bryce Young, which they needed to do. They've been in quarterback purgatory the last few years. So I, I get it, but just ultimately wonder if that if that was too much. But that was one of my bottom Yeah, five. I mean, we I mean we both talked that we liked the bear, what the Bears did there, so you got to hate a little bit on that trade, but of course I'm a fan of them moving up for that Bryce Young spots. Staying in the quarterback room for my bottom five, I'm going to get, I'm going to go over to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I mean, they made no meaningful signings. There were rumors about Tannehill getting traded. There were rumors about Derek Henry getting traded. They weren't dealt. I'm okay with their first two picks, I guess. In I mean, I love I love the Skaronsky pick. Levis, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I know both of us were down on him, but second round, we I think we're fine with. Yeah, with I like him where there. they got him at, but I just. Don't but is he going to be the future of that franchise? I guess we'll find out. But you know, if if the fact that they made no meaningful signings, they didn't 
move off of Henry or Tannehill. They've been like trying that combo out for the last few years and they didn't add to that team and they didn't make any moves to make them better. So they're just sitting in this. No, they're just sitting in quicksand. I like, I mean, making no meaningful moves whatsoever. That's, I have to put them in my bottom five. I feel like we have a general trend here because that's kind of what my bottom five entails here. And my next one up is, we've talked about this a ton, so I don't have to get into it a bunch, but Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints, four years, $150 million contract, $100 million guarantee. Love Derek Carr. Like I'm not an anti-Derek Carr person by any means, but I just don't understand what the Saints are doing. I mean, you went from Drew Brees, and I get that. It's hard. You've had a Hall of Fame quarterback for a good chunk of the last two decades as your starting quarterback and had so much success there, but move on from Sean Payton. He signed Derek Carr, which yes, that's fine. But I just, again, you're just kind of throwing a bandaid at it. It's a better bandaid. It's like a bandaid brand instead of a knockoff <laughs> brand from what you've had the last couple of years. Equate. It just, yeah, <laughs> whatever. I don't even know. Up and up. I think that's a that's target. A target. Brand. I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag not a sponsor, but uh, no, I just, I didn't, get it i i get that they're trying to say okay maybe he just needs a change of scenery right now we've got chris Olave there they've got pieces around him so he should be fine but that's it that's fine i don't think he's going to be a super bowl quarterback for you he's going to be able to compete because the nfc south is dog shit i mean you they should be competing if they're not then but you're sitting there that's terrible the upside again you're going to get to the playoffs and then you're going to lose first round probably and have another mid-round draft pick, and you're just going to keep repeating this process until his contract. Just up. rinse, or what is it, wash, rinse, and repeat. That's repeat. that's it. <laughs> I mean, your upside here is yep. going 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, winning the division, being the fourth seed, and then losing to the top wild card team. That's the that's – the, <laughs> and then again, yeah, then you're just stuck there with like the 18th pick in the draft again. So – yeah, I had I had them in my I had the Saints in my bottom five. Derek Carr, Juwan Johnson, minimal production, giving him two years, twelve million. Like, it's like yeah, we've been waiting for him to be productive. I don't know why he'd be worth giving a contract to more than two to three million. Jameis Winston got a one year, eight million dollar deal, like to be a backup. He didn't even play last year, and Andy Dalton was beating him out. What are we doing? I like the Jamal Williams signing three years, twelve million. That's that's just dirt cheap for a really productive back that I believe led the NFC in rushing touchdowns last year. Maybe I think it was maybe the, NFL the entire okay, touchdowns. so the entire yeah. league. And then they signed Jonathan Abram. He's awful. He got cut by the Raiders. <laughs> what? Is, why even bother having him rostered? So that was terrible. Their first round pick, Brian Breesy, defensive tackle. He was originally looked at as the top recruit coming out of high school. Why did he fall so far? He wasn't that, like, just one of those guys that wasn't that productive at Clemson. And there's a reason he fell. I guess take the risk on the upside, but what is the upside? I mean, if you're the number one recruit coming out of high school, you should be a high-end pick. And for him to fall to the bottom of the first round, meh. And then the third round, I like why they took Kendra Miller. But the problem I have is why haven't they moved off Kamara yet? So 
I just I think it's probably because of his legal situation, though. I mean, what? Do you, how are you going to move I don't, off of him right I, now? And I don't know if his contract is cuttable. Marks. You don't want to cut that guy, yeah. but can you no. give him away for for a, a fourth, a fifth? I don't know. Yeah. I just I didn't. Did he even have a rushing touchdown last year? He was not I good. Was he a was stretch not for a good. long time. He's horrendous. Which shout out to uh, Tyler. Not sure if he's a listener or not, but he stole Kamara right in front of me in our. Uh, league of record draft and i was extremely mad but hey i had nick chubb so that worked, worked out, out great well. <laughs> quarterback position again gel you brought the raiders up and jimmy g signing a three-year 67 and a half million dollar deal 45 guaranteed again this is just kind of like what what are we doing here i again i get it Josh McDaniels is there. He was there when they drafted Jimmy G in New England, so probably a guy that he fought pretty hard for them to draft in case of Tom Brady going down or them getting rid of Tom Brady at some point. You know, point Belichick always wanted to move off Brady for every year for like five years. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't stay healthy, and he's Derek Carr. He's Derek Carr. I mean, it's it's the same quarterback, except one is pretty way much. more injury-prone. It's I. I just I don't get it. I I really don't. You had to pick. Granted, at that point in time, you were looking at Will Levis, and if you weren't comfortable with him, we weren't comfortable with him. I totally get it. So that's fine. Maybe they were looking to possibly address it if an Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud fell or something like that. If things got crazy, but I just I don't I don't. I get think it. that that could be the reason that the Texans also gave up what they had to give up to move up to three for Will Anderson. Because maybe the Raiders were trying to move up to that three spots. That's, you know, that's just a working theory, yeah. but it kind of makes sense. I mean, because Anthony Richardson Absolutely. was the one, the next one on the board, and Texans just had to give up what they had to give up. It, it was a bidding war. And there were, if the, especially if nobody was in love with Levis, which the Raiders clearly weren't if they weren't willing to take him at seven there. All right, sticking with, uh, I guess, uh, Let's move off the QB position a little bit, and let me just go over to the Rams. <laughs> I I don't know what they're doing. I mean, if you're going to trade away Jalen Ramsey for a third, why don't you blow the whole damn thing up? You could have sent away Cooper Cup for a lot of picks. You probably could have gotten something for Cameron Akers. You, I don't know what Stafford's worth is right now, but... May, I mean, you... you you could have maybe move off of Stafford. They've got a couple of other old vets that are on that roster. Aaron Donald, you could have, I mean, yes, he's getting up there in age and he's only got two years left on his contract, which will probably be his last contract. But why even bother sending away Jalen Ramsey for just a third round? It's like this, this half rebuild bullshit that's exactly what it is. It's bullshit. Like you're, you're just making your team a little bit worse or maybe significantly worse on the defensive side. And you're, but with no real direction, I thought that was just a complete mistake. So, and then also taking Stetson Bennett there in the fourth, what are we doing? Like you, like <laughs> if Stafford can't play, you're going to roll out Stetson Bennett. Like, come on. I Fine. hope that happens. Oh, I hope so. I just I hated that well, Rams offseason. I thought again, just like the Saints, just it's just time to blow it up. If you're gonna send away, either either go all in one more year and keep Ramsey on, or blow it up. But if you're gonna send him away for a third, you might as well send off all those other pieces too, because you're giving a really weird message to the rest of that team. Is like, 
are we going, are we trying to compete? Or are we trying to rebuild? Oh, we're only going to like, we're going to send away one, our top two defensive player for a third who might not, who might start in eight games this year. Like that's just not, I don't get it. I don't understand the direction of the Rams. Yeah, no, I love that you said a half rebuild because that's exactly what they did. And that only works if your star players are like going into their prime. They're not. Matthew Stafford, back end of his career, only a couple years left. He's been super injury prone. Aaron Donald was talking retirement this time last offseason. So who As was McVay. McVay was, which I think that's probably the only reason that they're doing this quote unquote half rebuild is because he's still there as their quarterback or quarterback. Jeez, maybe throw him in there. He'd be better, <laughs> probably than, better Stetson than Stetson. <laughs> but no, because he's the head coach. But again, you trade away your arguably your best player on your team and Jalen Ramsey, which fine, whatever. That's if you need to get him off the books, go for it. But Cooper Cup, again, solid receiver. He's getting up there a little bit for wide receiver. He's like in his prime right now, not heading into it. Where you just, yeah, I totally agree that you need to either love this quote, shit or get off the pot. Bam. They clearly are just like, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to fart or what's going on. <laughs> oh, geez, another poop joke here again. We got to oh, get off that time, train. Right? We're at the hour mark. <laughs> but One in, or what? Yeah, two I just, an hour, I, I don't get it. To an hour, yeah. So you're you're due for one here before we close it out, Joe. But no, I I agree completely. I don't I don't know what we're doing there. And love that you brought up the Rams because I'm going to talk about their quarterback that filled in last year. And I don't know what Tampa Bay is Stop doing. With Baker Mayfield. I just I get it. It's one year, eight and a half million, whatever. Just throw it at it. But Tampa Bay is another team right now that I'm just like I I don't know necessarily what they're doing. It. Just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yes, they weren't in position really to draft a quarterback this year, but I I don't know. Go for Jimmy G, Derek Carr if he's out there. I mean, somebody that maybe could at least do a little bit for you there. You still have a solid wide receiver core in Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. So what are you doing holding on to them right now if you're rolling out Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal? Like this is another one of what what are you doing right now? It. Yes, I know Tom Brady retired and your world was torn apart and everyone's crying down in Tampa, but, like, for real, what – I just – I don't understand Baker Mayfield. Yes, he looked okay at times with the Rams. He's not a solution, though. No, he's not at all. He's been – this is, what, his fourth team now? Yeah. Cleveland, Carolina, This is his fourth team in one – or in two off-seasons. Yeah. Bra- all four of those well, teams. He hasn't even Cleveland, and he's been in the league for what seven years, maybe. Yeah, he he did that. his first three in Cleveland. His four or no or no hasn't even been that long. He might be in his fifth or maybe his maybe this is his sixth because his fifth yeah, year it, was when he was traded to the Panthers and the Rams. So he's going into his sixth year. Like four teams, cool. I. In two off seasons, that's a red flag. And when you and I are this hardcore, this bottom five is just matching up basically <laughs> spot on. It means that you had shitty off seasons. I had the Bucks as my number two worst off season. Uh, they signed, obviously, you mentioned they signed Baker, which means they might win more games than they should if they would have just started Kyle Trask. So you wonder, I mean, obviously, Baker's not. Might get into that tomorrow, Joe. <laughs> like, why aren't they just tanking at this point? But 
like they so they don't sign a legitimate quarterback, and then they re-sign Levante David. Why? Like he's just an old <laughs> linebacker. Why re-sign him? And they didn't trade away any of these players of value, as you mentioned. Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, you can get legitimate value back. So that was, I thought they had maybe the worst that like I was teetering on they, them yeah. having the worst off season. I've got to put one other team on blast and that's why I'm not, but that was, <laughs> that's a brutal off season and not, and just not I'll just, just go, dude, you. just go tank mode, man. And maybe they still end up only going winning three games and are in play for that for one of those top two picks, but just fucking embrace it, man. You've got this equity built up because you just won a title. Your fans don't, it's not like you're in green Bay where the Packers are the only thing that the city of green Bay has. You're in Tampa where they have Tampa. They have the ocean. They have Florida. They don't really like historically care that much about the bucks. (laughs) Like, it's you have equity built up. You don't need to try to win games and go it, like your fans are going to be more pissed if you go six and 11 than if you would have just forfeited the season and just grab Caleb. So I that's just a complete whiff. Yeah, no, I'll kick it back to you here quick, Joe, because my last one is just I didn't really know what the Seahawks are doing in that second round jacking. Jacking Jack and Zach Charbonnet. Jack and Zach Charbonnet. I yeah. I we've didn't we've talked about that, that enough. It's so, like that. Yeah. Yep. That shit made no sense. Exactly. My final team, and I've been doing this all off season. Worst off season in the league. The New York Giants. The Packers. Fuck oh. the <laughs> Daniel Jones. Four years, hundred sixty million dollars. That alone. I believe that's what the number was. 160 that alone that like that that contract extension that could be that could have been enough that could have been the only thing that i mentioned it would have put them at number one on this list but then they but they also gave saquon barkley the franchise tag and he said he's not gonna sign it so now you're you gave the franchise tag which we said a long time ago they gave the franchise tag to the wrong guy they extended the they extended the wrong guy. Paris Campbell was their big wide receiver signing. Darren Waller was their big trade that they made. Like, what are we doing weapon-wise? That's Paris Campbell. <laughs> he's not, he's useless. Darren Waller isn't on the field half the time. And then, and then they're uh, draft-wise. Deontay Banks, corner in the first. There's receivers available there. John Michael Schmitz, a center out of Minnesota. I, I I like building that offensive line a little bit, but again, they need receivers. Jalen Hyatt in the third, I'm fine with that, but do I want a deep ball receiver to pair with Daniel well, Jones? Again, we just talked to earlier. It's a Tennessee offensive guy, which again, sketchy. Kamara, and he and didn't then, pop yeah. until Cedric Tillman went down. Once Cedric Tillman at Tennessee got yeah. hurt, that's when Jalen Hyatt popped. So uh, is he a, just a product of the system? Probably. And then they don't get a backup running back until the fifth round. Eric Gray, who was never anything special. So if Saquon goes down, they're effectively fucked, which historically Saquon does go down. So I thought that's 
takes the cake for the number one hor- most horrible offseason in the league. You Again, you could have given me the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley alone, but then to do nothing at wide receiver, grab an injured tight end, don't take any wide receivers early, you grab a system wide receiver in the third, and then you don't do anything to back up Saquon Barkley, and if he doesn't sign that if he doesn't sign that franchise tag and decides to pull a levy on and sits out and Eric Gray is your number one running back, good luck. Well, I hope if he does, Saquon lets me know prior to having to add or drop our incoming college players in Dynasty since I have Eric Gray. And that, that would help you out but a lot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Moving back into the winner's circle, a uh, Wells Fargo Championship. Not quite to the AT&T yet. Wells Fargo Championship. Wyndham Clark gets the W, 19 under par. And he's been someone that's kind of been hanging around the top standings the last few tournaments, been playing some solid golf. I think, honestly, I was thinking about picking him in the Mexico Open, but the week prior when he was at the Zurich, he was on a hot mic and he just said, Oh, my shoulder just popped during one of his swings. So I'm like, Oh, this guy's destined for the, the injured list here coming up, but ends up solid tournament in the Wells Fargo designated event, big money for him. And congratulations. His first career, first, first career, first career W great. I mean, he was really, really awesome in college. Looked like he was kind of like the next shining star. And then, it took him a couple of years to really break through, but he's been, you know, like you said, he's been kind of lingering there and for a while now as somebody that can finally break through. And when you're in a field like it was last week, especially with Rory just eating dog shit off the freaking ground. There's our poop. <laughs> hey, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with him not playing well, really your leaderboard wasn't all that great at the top. I mean, Wyndham Clark, once he got to the back nine on Sunday, it was like, okay, let's just get this tournament over with, which obviously that's not what you want in a designated event. You want it, those designated events are supposed to be, you know, you want it to, they, you want them to matter because it's for big money and you want all that viewership there. But it, the last two hours on Sunday, it was like, okay, Wyndham Clark's just going to walk away. How many strokes is he going to win by? So that was a little disappointing, but good for him. What was a little bit more disappointing, as previously mentioned, Rory McIlroy being an asshole and finishing even on the day. I'm I'm done with him. I'm over him. I'm over him. I, 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 I know he's looked at as one of the top golfers in the world and everything, but dude, I am done. After he withdrew, he misses the cut at the Masters, withdraws the next week at RBC. He's the one that's, you know, came up with this designated event deal and, you know, has been kind of the leader on the PGA Tour in thinking of this and, and like, the, the PIM to get players bonus money at the end of the year. Like, for him to not show up there at the RBC, then the next event he plays and he finishes even and in the... I don't think he even broke the top 50. Like, fuck off. I'm out. Rory, you're dead to me. <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> so, yeah, our picks, Joe, obviously Rory finished at even par, and Big Dick Vic had a monster first three days and then decided he was going to poop. What do you go? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, I ruined it. Dang it. Six over on Sunday. So, 
Still got uh, one stroke on you, gel, and we will get into our picks here uh, momentarily. But going to move on to this week's event. AT&T Byron Nelson played at TPC Craig Ranch down towards your neck of the woods. Par 71, 7,400 yards. Defending, defending champion K.H. Lee going for the trifecta this week. He is a notable in the field along with Jason Day, Terrell Hatton, Harry Higgs, Tom Kim, Cooch, Matt Kuchar, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, Adam Scott. So lighter field this week with the PGA Championship just around the corner next weekend. Um, guys trying to get in their final tune-up and can imagine some of those guys I just read off gel are our favorites for this week. Uh, yeah, your your top five here, uh, not a shocker. Scotty Scheffler is your very heavy favorite at plus 350. Those are insane odds to get anything above or less than plus 500. Always insane odds, but plus 350 for Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Terrell Hatton at plus 1,600. Jason Day right behind him at plus 1,800. Tom Kim plus 2,200. And Hideki Matsuyama rounding out your top five at plus 2,500 like it we will get into our picks here if you're new to the show welcome in make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite listening platform or youtube each week joe and i pick a golfer we started with the century tournament of champions whatever that golfer shoots relative to par that is your score for the week we're keeping a running total once you pick a golfer cannot use them again and we cannot pick the same golfer as our opponent for that week whoever is in last place gets first pick Gel is down seven strokes right now at a whopping 133, whopping 140 for this guy. Uh, So seven-stroke lead. And Gel, who is your golfer this week? Well, I'm going with Kim. Not Tom Kim. Not Siwoo Kim. Not Kim Kardashian. But (laughs) Michael Kim at plus 6,500. Two top tens in his last six, uh, last six finishes, last six outings, no missed cuts within that span. He lives in Texas and reportedly has been practicing at this course quite a bit. He had been eyeing this as a tournament that he hopes to win, that thinks he can win. So last six outings, no missed cuts, two top tens that, and living, you know, and practicing this course. That's good enough for me. I'm not expecting him to get a W here, but I think a top 10 is in play, especially with, uh, and I I think we got to consider the fact that Jordan Spieth has withdrawn from this tournament with that, with that, uh, wrist injury. So, you know, that, that makes this field a little bit more wide open. This is Spieth's basically Spieth's like home event. And for him to be out, um, I think that makes a huge difference. Michael Kim playing nice, and I'm done to after Rory just just crapped himself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with a little bit lesser of a name here, and and Michael Kim's been playing nice, so there we go. I'm also going to go with a little bit lesser known name this week, and uh, well, not for this tournament. I'm going to go with the I'm going to go for the trifecta here, Gel. I thought maybe you'd go that route. Uh, so I'm looking at KH Lee this week. It obviously had great success here at TPC Craig Ranch, great success in the ATT Byron Nelson. Expect him to make the cut, and that is what I am wanting right now to keep the lead. Somebody that should be pretty safe. Um, Thought maybe you'd take him. I was I was happy with either him or Scotty. I haven't used him yet, so I'll save Scotty for a little bit later on. Then use KH Lee. Probably not going to use the rest of the year, so I'll I'll get him out of the way. 
need to make some strokes back. <laughs> we can be found at Dead Arm Sports. Twitter, Instagram, check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Go to YouTube, Dead Arm Sports, into the search bar, subscribe, click the bell there. That way our live episodes drop. We monitor that chat. You can ask us any questions there. Otherwise, hit us up on our socials. We always welcome in any questions, comments, concerns, segment ideas, or anything you have for us. At Dead Arm Sports, at Dos Gel, at Dos JPEG. Give us a follow on those. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot. We will swag you up with some goodies. What are those platforms? Find like? us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your chosen chosen listening platform is. A uh, five star review would be super, super duper phenomenal on that chosen listening platform. Also, find us on YouTube. Just search Dead Arm Sports. Subscribe, rate, review there. Hit that bell so that you know whenever we are putting Ding. out new content. Appreciate everyone out there listening. Make sure you tell someone you know about the podcast. If you enjoy it, help us spread the word, get more followers, boost us those charts. <laughs> Rooster booster. <laughs> Close your out, chill. Hey, uh, Josh, want to hear a poop joke? <laughs> Ah, never mind. It's too corny.